T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome back in, and we're taking you all the way up until midnight after the night started off so well for the Red Sox. You figured, all right, Chris Sale gives you five scoreless. You're feeling frisky about it. You got a couple of runs there. You take a two-to-nothing lead. All is well. You're going to win a game in Tampa, a game that you desperately needed, and you're going to feel really optimistic going forward because Chris Sale was really good in this game, and that's one of the biggest takeaways from this thing. Chris Sale was really, really good in this game, especially his third outing. He pitched two minor league rehab stints. That's it, okay? Basically, this is his third spring training game, and he went to Tampa, and he gave you five scoreless innings. That's all you could have possibly asked for from Chris Sale today, considering the fact that the guy was on an 85-pitch limit. That's all he was throwing, 85 pitches, and he gets you through five. Pretty much exactly what Alex Cora asked for. But then what happens? This crap, Verdugo getting backpicked, Franchi throwing the ball away. Strom throwing the ball away. I just don't understand how a team can continue to make mistakes like this. The only explanation I have, I can't defend the Verdugo thing. I mean, that's just inexplicable. That crap cannot happen. But the other one, the Franchi thing, guy's playing out of position. Yeah, he can't make that play. But also a guy that, I don't know, call me crazy here, okay? A guy that is playing for the Boston Red Sox. You know, one of the great organizations in all of Major League Baseball. One of the iconic franchises in Major League Baseball. The franchise that has won four World Series since the turn of the century. No other team has done that. You know what would be crazy? If they had a first baseman that wasn't cross-training and playing first base for the first time in his career right now for the Boston Red Sox. He wasn't playing first base in Worcester. Now, they started to use him at first base a little bit because the Red Sox told them, hey, we need the guy up here and we need him to play first base. So because you don't have another first base option, Franchi Cordero is now learning how to play first base on the job. You tell me how that is something that should occur for the Boston Red Sox. Like for Schwarber, you understood it. Kyle Schwarber is one of the great sluggers in this sport and he walks all the time. So you understand trying to, force him into that position. But Franchi Cordero, you need his bat. Think about how badly this is, okay? Now, Cordero's much improved. I'm not diminishing the improvements he's made. But you need Franchi Cordero's bat so bad because Dahlbeck was so atrocious for the majority of the season that you're saying, hey, Franchi, who you're hitting about 250, his OPS is just over 700. We need that guy's bat so bad because Dahlbeck has been horrendous that we're going to force him to play first base. That crap should not happen for the Boston Red Sox. And I'm sick and tired of the situation with Bloom, where this crap's been going on for two years. What the hell's wrong with him? 
Why doesn't he value that position? Somebody needs to explain this to me. Why does Heim Bloom not think that first base defense and first base in general is important? Think about all the different guys they've tried there. They went with Shaw, who sucks. They had Bobby Dahl back to begin the season. Last year, they tried Arroyo at first base, who's not a first baseman. You tell me, why does Bloom not think this is important? Like, this is not a core issue. I still don't know what Cora was doing tonight. I don't know why he brought Strom into that game. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. I still, nobody asked him about it after the game. I don't know how you could watch a game tonight and not ask him about it after the game. I don't understand why nobody in the media asked him about that particular situation after the game tonight. That didn't make sense to me from Cora's perspective. And I'm sure he has an answer for it. It's just nobody gave him the opportunity to answer the question. But what I can't understand is why this team, for now two consecutive seasons, has had the same issue. Their bullpen isn't good enough. We saw that last night with Diekman, right? And then they don't have a first baseman. You tell me, why do we have the same issue here for two consecutive years? Ordinarily, you fix that, right? Look at what the Yankees did. Brian Cashman said, oh, I need a first baseman. So you know what he did? <laughs> he traded for Anthony Rizzo. And you know the crazy thing? They brought Rizzo back. Now, I'm not telling you that Schwarber could have been your everyday first baseman. You could have played him in different positions this year and then eventually made him the DH next year. But they kept the guy they traded for. The Red Sox had no interest whatsoever in keeping the guy that they brought here. I don't know why. I don't know why they didn't value his bat in the lineup. But more importantly is, why doesn't Heim Bloom think he needs a first baseman? You tell me. He doesn't think he needs one? I don't understand this. It is one of the positions in the field. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? It is one of the guys that hits in the order, right? I don't know why he doesn't value that particular position. It makes zero sense to me. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Tyler. He's in Concord. What's up, Tyler? How you guys doing? Um, I was just wondering what you guys think, you know, like with the Frenchy Cordero, you know, he's pretty damn good at hitting. But, like, when he gets out in the field, you know, all these errors are going on. And Dahlbeck, like, what's going to happen? You have to solve one issue. Like, you either have to go with first base or the bullpen. What do you guys think is, like, more important? Tyler, I believe you got to go for both of them. You cannot just make one move. You need a first baseman, and you need a right-handed reliever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Do you disagree? I don't. I, I, I like you say yeah. that you can only go for one of them. Why? We saw last year the Yankees make a move for a bullpen arm and a first baseman. The Red Sox, I guess, technically added a first baseman and a reliever last year. Now, not a high-profile guy in Robles, but he worked out for you last year. Obviously, not this year, and they brought in Schwarber. So, why can't you do both things? Exactly. That's exactly what you're saying. You're saying we have two years, and that's a great point. The Yankees did it perfectly. You know, they brought in Rizzo, and I think we just I, – I don't know what there's to do because what, some nights, you know, like Dahlbeck's hitting, and then some nights he's atrocious, and most nights he's atrocious. And I, There's just not much you can do. I mean, there's not many people in the minors that you can bring up. And Well, yeah, and the problem is, and I appreciate the call, Tyler. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779. 7937. The problem is, if you look at it, is right now Cassis isn't ready. And Cassis is just coming back from an injury. So he's not ready to go. So that's the problem, right? You don't have a guy right now that is ready at the minor league level, and you didn't address the position in the offseason. So now this is why you're in the situation where you have to make a trade for a first baseman because you need to plug a hole that right now. The Red Sox knew or the Red Sox didn't address in the offseason, which I just can't fathom why. Why didn't they address first base? Like, I don't have a problem with their thought process as it pertains to Cassis. 
is, okay, we want to make sure that he can hit at the minor league level. Because he's not hitting for average down there. He does have an incredible control of the strike zone. He's walking a ton. But I understand this is the number one prospect in your organization, depending on which outlook outlook rather that you look at, whether it be baseball perspective, whether it be MLB.com. It depends, right, in terms of which one you look at. It's him and Marcelo Mayer, the two best prospects in your organization. So I totally understand not rushing a guy up. Look what just happened with Bayo. Bayo was not supposed to be starting right now. He wasn't. He was not supposed to be up with the major league team. But the problem is you had all these injuries, so you had to bring him up. And I don't, I'm not criticizing the organization for doing that. I totally understand why he had to come up. You didn't have other options. But you saw what happened when a guy's not ready yet, right? And when you look at it from his position, at this point in time, he is not ready to pitch at the major league level because his command's not there. We've seen it the past couple of nights, and that's why his stuff isn't playing right now. Because he doesn't pound the strike zone enough. And a lot of his pitches that are out of the zone, they're not competitive enough, right? They're way out of the zone where they're not enticing for the hitter to swing at. So Bayo performs poorly in his two outings. And like I said, this guy is going to be a stud for this team in the future and all that. He's going to be a good pitcher for this team. I'm not writing him off. My point is, he's not ready. So you wanted to get him some seasoning at the minor league level. And when he was forced up because of the injuries, we saw what happened. They don't want that same situation to transpire with Cassis, which I totally understand. So what the Red Sox should have done coming into the season is not put all their baskets into Bobby Dahlbeck, or not all their eggs into one basket. I don't know how I screwed up that phrase, but you get my point. They shouldn't have just banked on Bobby Dahlbeck being the guy that we saw in August last year. They should have banked on Bobby Dahlbeck being the guy that we saw for the majority of his career where, I'm sorry, he sucks. He's not good defensively. And he can't hit. He strikes out like crazy. So that's my whole issue with Heim Bloom. He he can say all he wants, and the organization can say all they want about waiting on Cassis. And now Cassis is coming back from an injury anyway. That's fine. I have no problem with it. In fact, I think it's smart. And if you don't think it's smart, look what happened with Bayo. The kid wasn't ready. And you're not going to bring up Tristan Cassis for a game. You're not going to do that with a guy that's a position player, right? So I totally understand why you wanted to do things that way. I get it. I'm with you on that. But if that's the case, why didn't you do anything with the first base position in the offseason when you knew it was an issue last year? That's what I just cannot get over. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Bill. Bill's in Rhode Island. What's going on, Bill? Hey, how are you doing, Brian? Hey, Bill. Hey, the first five innings was outstanding. Sale did the greatest job he's done in a while. Yeah, now, I, I'm in, I, I'm, I was optimistic about that. He looked really good, Bill, and I felt like oh. he had a much better feel for his changeup. His slider was nasty. The velocity was there with his fastball. Oh. Command wasn't great, but he was good in this game, man. He got a ton of called strikes. I was really impressed with Sale, and it's a great thing going forward. I just wish we didn't have to talk about the defense and the base running because those were the issues in the game. Sale was outstanding. I, I agree with that. Uh, here's what's going to happen. If Bloom does nothing like he did last year, he needs to find a job bagging groceries. And the other thing is, if that happens, if Heinblum does nothing, you're going to see three of the top players in Boston are going to find another job. They're not going to stick around with Boston. Well, I agree with you, know, you for the, the most part, Bill. I don't think Bogarts is going to be back. J.D. Martinez, if that's the other guy you're referring to, he's going to be gone. I, they can't let Devers leave. I mean, you just if you get a player like that, you have got to sign him. 
Well, you, you know, you say you can't leave Devers go, but when you got somebody like Hein Bloom, he likes it. He, he's a, he reminds me of a, a a dollar store shopper. That's all he's looking for overall, and it's not going to happen. And and when I hear Hein Bloom talk, well, you know, um, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. He's doing nothing right now. He, yeah, you know, yeah, Bill, that's, the, you know, that is the frustrating part about him, Bill, and I appreciate the call, is he does a lot of things well. I get that perception he doesn't want to spend the money. He hasn't really spent a ton of money, right? Yeah, he signed one guy, Trevor Story, but the problem for him from a perception standpoint, it's, well, that's Bogart's replacement, right? So it's like, oh, yeah, you spent, but you spent because Bogart's is not going to be with the team anymore. So I totally understand it from that approach, but he does do a lot of good things. The Pavetta trade for Heath Embry and Brandon Workman was tremendous. Getting Garrett Whitlock in the Rule 5 draft, that was tremendous. The move last year at the deadline for Schwarber was tremendous. So he does do a lot of good things. Finding Schreiber, tremendous. But the problem is he continues to have these issues, these blind spots that he's bad at. He didn't get a competent reliever in the offseason. Now, Schreiber turned out to be that guy, but they weren't banking on that. Remember, Schreiber didn't really start pitching for this club until May. The guy didn't have a pedigree whatsoever. So you needed to wait in terms of getting him high leverage opportunities because nobody could come into the season and say, hey, this guy that sucked previously, he's your high leverage guy. Diekman was supposed to be that guy, and Diekman absolutely blows. That guy's horrendous. Since the start of June, he has the highest walk rate in Major League Baseball. He has the highest walk rate among relievers on the season in totality, and his hard hit rate falls off the bat 95-plus miles an hour is second to last since the beginning of June. That's the one guy that Bloom paid in the offseason two years, $8 million. So the bullpen, he didn't do a good job with it last year. And you say, oh, yeah, they got to the playoffs. Well, how did they win in the playoffs? They put starters out there. How did they win at the end of the regular season? You had the manager of the team, Alex Cora, go back to what he did in 18. He starts pitching starters out of the bullpen at the end of the season. Remember, Pavetta closed the Nationals game. Pavetta threw that nasty curveball out of the bullpen to Juan Soto. So it's not because of Bloom last year that they got into the postseason. It's because Cora found a way to make it work down the stretch and, more importantly, in the postseason. So he's got this blind spot with the bullpen, and he's got this blind spot with first base. That's the thing that aggravates me about it. And the fact that they didn't offer Rafael Devers a contract extension, that they never talked about a contract extension with Devers until this spring training, that's an absolute joke. Okay, that crap is unacceptable. This is an absolute stud, a great player, and you could have got a better contract if you actually went to him earlier, and you don't offer him, a, or you don't talk to him about a contract until this spring training? Stop it. I mean, look at Alvarez. Jordan Alvarez with the Astros, already signed. Unbelievable deal. Bregman right away got signed. And even when Mookie was here, the Red Sox went to Mookie with multiple contract extensions. One of them was for $100 million. Another one, $200 million. Then they went over $300 million. Every year, they were talking to Mookie about contracts. Every year. They just started talking to Devers. How is that possible? Unbelievable. Let's get to Rich in Dorchester. Hey, Rich. Rich. Hey, Brian, I want to make the point. First base, every Red Sox team that's won a World says have had a first baseman that provides hitting, defense, and so forth. You're not going to compete if you don't have a decent first baseman that gives you something, Brian. And also, Brian, Devin should have got signed and got a deal like the kid won the Franco for uh, Tampa Bay. Probably in the second or third year, he should already have a deal like that. And... 
Honestly, Brian, I think Hein Bloom, it wouldn't surprise me if he trades Devers for a convinced John Henry that he could trade Devers and, re- and continue rebuilding the farm system. I'll let you take over, Brian. Wait, hold on. You So you think that Hein Bloom can convince John Henry that the better move is to trade Devers? That is, if Hein Bloom actually ever was able to convince John Henry that John Henry's a flat-out idiot, and I don't believe that to be the case. I just don't. There's no way you cannot prioritize Devers now. And Hein Bloom has to see that now. At this point, he probably realizes he screwed himself over. Their whole idea was, hey, they want to, he they want him to prove he can play first. Or rather, play third base. They wanted him to prove that. Okay, well, now since he proved that, you're screwed because he's one of the best sluggers in the sport. Let's get to Steve. What's up, Steve? Brian. What's up, man? How are you? Listen, one quick question. Well, actually, a notice for us. Okay. We all know what the problem is. It's first base. Mm-hmm. You know what it is. Just I like agree. my comrade from Dorchester that just said, it's first base. Okay. So, what I'm going to ask you is this. C.J. Krohn from the Rockies. Yep. Is he going to be available? What's yes. it going to take to get him? How can we get a first baseman along the quality of C.J. Krohn? We need it. You know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. It's so obvious. It's just hitting you in the face. What will it take to get? Is yeah, well, C.J. Crone available, or are we just peeing into the wind? Well, C.J. Crone is going to be available, and he's got an extra year in his contract. So if you look at some of the mock trade deadline stuff out there, you think about it. So Josh Bell, who's only got one year remaining, he's with the Nationals. He's another first baseman. Right. Jim Bowden from the MLB Network in The Athletic, he put out a mock trade to the Red Sox. It'll be Bobby Dahlback and a left-handed pitching prospect, Chris Murphy, who was a former six-round pick. He's not a big-time prospect whatsoever. So it's not going to cost a ton to in get these guys. Is this for C.J. Crone? Well, this for C.J. Crone? No, this is for Josh Bell, the kid with the Nationals, the guy okay. with the Nationals. Right. Okay. But C.J. Okay. Crone will be something similar. And, Steve, I would even advocate, and we talked about this earlier, go after both guys out there. Put a package together exactly. to get Bard in the bullpen and get C.J. Crone to play first base. Exactly. Why, I mean, it's so obvious. It's right in your face. Yeah, and the big I mean, thing, Steve, is this. if we do it, let's do it. Yeah, Steve, the big thing is this, and this is the question that you have got to ask about Heim Bloom. Is he willing to part with his prospects? Because he didn't give up a lot last oh. year. Think about it. He gave up for Schwarber. And look, the Schwarber deal worked. But the reason that he makes the Schwarber deal, part of it is, you know what, Steve? He only had to give up the 18th prospect in his organization, Aldo Ramirez. And the reason why is because Schwarber was hurt. So what did he see with Schwarber? Now, I give him credit. Schwarber Mm -hmm. was great for this team. But, Steve, what did he see in Schwarber? Value. It wasn't going to cost you as much as Anthony Rizzo. It was value. That's why he went after Kyle Schwarber. So that's the question you got to ask yourself. Will Heim Bloom... Make that type of move. Will he actually well, pull the what? trigger? Brian, it's Woolworths. He's running a Woolworths shop. And when it actually, we What's were that? looking for Bloomingdale's. He's running Woolworths. I don't know. I'm not familiar we're with that. What is that reference? Bloomingdale's. What's Woolworths? Well, it's a five and ten of Woolworths, a five and ten cent store. Oh, it's like a Marshall's? When we want Bloomingdale's. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I'm sorry. All right, Steve. Hey, appreciate okay, the bye. call, my friend. That's the question with Bloom. Will he make the move? Will he part with his prospects, or is he going to hold on to him? He has got to emphasize winning a World Series in uh, 2022. 
And will he do this? Will he actually prioritize the 2022 Red Sox? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Because it felt like last year it ended up working out in the long run. But did he really prioritize winning a World Series last year? Or did he just make little moves on the margins? He didn't go all in to try to get this team the best reliever on the market. He got Hansel Robles and big fudge Austin Davis. He didn't go all in as it pertains to getting the best perceived hitter at the deadline. Now it worked out, but he knew that was going to take a while for Schwarber to get here. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barry taking you up until midnight. So if you do want to win in this, you certainly can. Will Bloom actually pull the trigger at the deadline and get C.J. Crone or Josh Bell? Will he add a reliever? And if you do want to weigh in and Chris Sale, you can. 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you here in EI. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now is brought to you by Nissan. You deserve a car that thrills you, and Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill for yourself. Shop your local Nissan store and NissanUSA.com. Ethan is producing tonight. Have you ever had goosebumps on your goosebumps? I can't hear you, man. All right. Well, <laughs> my mic wasn't up. Uh, never in my life, but maybe I should go buy myself a Nissan and then get you'll the get feeling. Them. Then you'll get the experience, the full experience. All right. The Sox fell to the Rays 3-2 to tonight. Absolutely atrocious loss. Verdugo got backpicked at third. That was bad. And then Strom threw a ball away. Franchi Cordero threw a ball away. The Rays should have never won this game, but they did 3-2. to The good news is Chris Sale was outstanding in his return. Five innings, just three hits. Walked one five strikeouts. He was great. That was the good news from the game. The bad news, the Sox lose 3-2. to two. They're now 2-6 and six against the almighty Tampa Bay Rays, who basically, they're trotting out a triple-A lineup right now. The Sox and the Rays play the third of their four-game set Wednesday night at the drop. 7-10 first pitch across the Shaws and Star Market, WEI Red Sox Network, Shaws and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh. You can tune in to the Visit Massachusetts pregame show at 6-10. That's sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts summer adventure at visitma.com. And tomorrow night, it is going to be on the mound for the Rays, their best pitcher, pitcher rather, Shane McClanahan. So good luck tomorrow. Shane McClanahan goes for them. Should start the All-Star game for the American League, depending on what Dusty Baker wants to do. Josh Winkowski goes for the Sox tomorrow. Meanwhile, Brian Bayo sent down to Worcester today. Kike Hernandez has been pulled off his rehab assignment, which is not good. He's going to see a specialist tomorrow. Trevor Story and Matt Strom both left this game today. And Story is concerning. He got hit in the hand. And you could see from that play, hit him in the top of the hand, which is more concerning because there's not a lot of fat there. It's just the bone. You hope he's okay, and you hope he doesn't miss an extended period of time because J.D. Martinez, who had just gotten red hot, he was unavailable to pinch hit tonight because he's dealing with a back injury. We know that Devers right now just DH tonight because he's banged up, so this team is in a bad spot from a health perspective. The good news is Chris Sale, who was injured, came back, and he was outstanding tonight. Meanwhile, Ian Rappaport was the first to report today that the Patriots have traded Nikhil Harry to the Bears for a 2024 Seventh round draft pick. Remember, to kill here is a first round pick. He was taken before AJ what an Brown. End result. D- yes, DK Metcalf. Not a not a great draft pick, I would say. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome back in, and we're taking you up until midnight after the Sox lose this game tonight, 3-2. Just a horrific performance from the Red Sox in the top of, or I should say in the bottom of the sixth into the top of the seventh inning, where in the bottom of the sixth, you had Strom throw the ball away, you had Franchi. And I, I still have no idea why Franchi did that. I have no idea why he thought the play was to throw the ball home. Why would you do that? The runner isn't moving. You do not have to throw that home. I have no idea why he did that. It's perplexing to me, even for a guy that's never played first base before. I don't know how the hell you do that. And then, of course, in the top half of the inning, that seventh inning, I should say, the next inning, Verdugo, first and third, Nobody out, you get backpicked. How the hell does that crap happen? The Red Sox, based on making those mistakes, they deserve to lose the game. You just handed it to Tampa. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Alex in Connecticut. Hey, Alex. Hey, Berlin. The only positive I see tonight, thank God, is uh, is Sale. He really uh, sounded great. I could even hear his. Uh, I could even hear the glove pop, which maybe yeah. I actually turned the volume up on our TV. I said, uh, that's what I love to hear. And uh, I felt really great about that until the sixth inning. I myself was hoping he was going to go one more inning, but I can't. I can't argue with good core about it. With seventy-eight pitches, they were looking for eighty-five. Yep. Okay, I understand. I don't understand the Strom. That thing, I I don't get it. I don't. I don't either. like Strom as it is, but I I really don't get that. I would have left and, Brazier. You know, Brazier's all, throwing the ball well. Yeah, lately, but so is Saramora. But how long's that going to last? Well, no, I mean, in, fair, in fairness, are. Brazier's been good for a while now. Salamore, like last week, walked four guys in an inning. Oh, that, that, oh, that was a knock. Oh, well, that God, was flat God, out God, unprofessional, God. Alex. But, hey, he pitched well against the Yankees. Yeah. But Brazier's been good for a while now. Yeah, I still don't, don't get, get the strong pick. But here's okay. the thing, Alex. Okay so, let, okay, so even if the idea is... Take Brazier out. Why are you going to Strom instead of going to Schreiber just to get you out of that? Get you that one out. I don't understand that. Well, somebody and needs Troy. to ask him, and like you said, they didn't ask him. And yeah. I'm sure he had an answer. He didn't look happy. He had a couple interesting things that that he said that you know I was kind of reading in between the lines. He's, he's not very happy with the team that he's got that's been put together for him to to use it's the per for something to the effect of the personnel. I heard a clip of it, so I, I didn't get a chance to really hear this post this post game. But um, you know, I know that you give credit to Jaime, you know, he got us Pavetta and he got us, you know, well, Walker and, and things like that. Whitlock. You know, he, he's also the, he's also the guy that, that put us in this mess. He's also the guy that's got all of this stuff. And it's you know, he, 
Look, when he got Davis last year from Pittsburgh, Cashman beat him to the punch. He got Holmes three days before we got Davis. Yeah. So, you know, they were teammates in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, he's not always on top of everything, High Bloom. I blame him for this mess. I blame him for first well, I blame base. him for it, too, We need Alex. a right fielder. You know, he needs to be replaced, Brian. He's not going to change. You know, Baltimore's 500 now. They won again today. I know. Seattle got post, you know, got, got, you know, postponed. They're playing Washington. Well, this They're is what I'll say, Alex. Out of the wild card. Alex, this is what I'll say. If he doesn't get you a we're top two. We're going to fall out of the wild card. Well, Alex, here's the problem. Right now, the pressure is now on Bloom again. It felt like, okay, after they made that run in the playoffs last year, it's like he was sort of high on his own supply and everybody was praising him because Schwarber was great for this team and Robles actually turned into a good reliever last year, right? So everybody praised him and he sort of got the benefit of the doubt. Not, I'm saying, with the fan base, but with the organization. But now you have the same issue that you had last year. You don't have a first baseman and you need more help in the bullpen. And if he doesn't get a high-leverage reliever, and if he doesn't get a guy that can actually play first base at the professional level, the major league level, because right now, Dahlbeck can't do that, and Franchi Cordero certainly cannot play first base. So if he doesn't address those two needs, he's not just going to have a problem with the perception from the fan base. He's going to have a real problem with his clubhouse. There is going to be a mutiny. They were pissed at him last year. How do you think it's going to look this year when you get all these guys entering free agency? They're going to be completely pissed off. Brian, I see it the way you see it. The thing is that when he st- when I when I hear him make a statement like, uh, "Really, uh, you know, when he loses sleep, is not getting his diamond in the rough," he's not feeling any oh, pressure. Alex, that was a horrible. Be- that was a horrible thing to say. It is. I cannot me believe he said that. Single day. That was an idiotic comment for a guy that's as smart as him to make. The fan base that week was pissed off with the Schwarber situation. The guy's got 28 bombs, and he goes on the morning show. And for anybody that didn't hear it, he goes on the morning show, and Heim Bloom, yeah. Yeah, Bloom was asked, hey, does it hurt not having Schwarber? And he goes, it's not really those type of guys that bother me. We knew Kyle was good. It's the under-the-radar guys that we missed out on, like Clay Holmes. Okay, that's fine if you miss out on those type of guys. Like, it stinks. I understand that. Clay Holmes has been outstanding and all that. But you're telling the fan base, who would like to have Schorber here, that that's not a big deal for you because you know he's a good hitter? So what is this, like a sport to you in terms of just trying to find the -the under-the-radar guys? You don't want the known commodities? That, to me, I don't understand that. Like, how does that not piss you off? You let a guy go and he's got 28 home runs. But is it because you didn't find him? He's not your secret like John Schreiber? And that's what it feels like to me. He wants to look smart with all the moves he makes instead of just like every once in a while, Dave Dombrowski telling you, I need a closer. I'm trading for Kimbrell. I need a second baseman that can hit from the right side. I'm trading for Kinsler. Every once in a while, the obvious thing is the right thing to do. And for some reason, it's like he doesn't want to do that. Brian, you just hit the nail in the head. I couldn't have said you're a thousand percent correct. That's exactly Hein Bloom. That is him. That's why he doesn't feel the pressure because he wants the accolades that he found the diamond in the rough. I, he, he legitimately said it. He legitimately done something. Yeah, and he legitimately said it, Alex. Like I'm not putting words in his mouth. He legitimately said it. <laughs> like, no, I heard it. Unbelievable. I heard it. Unbelievable. And then. And, I just don't get it. I don't get it. And I'm afraid now because by the end of this week, we could have fallen out of the wild card race. I mean, we'll be maybe a game out or something if things don't, don't you know, if we go on, on a real bad streak the next few games. But, you know, with Seattle there, Cleveland's at 500. Baltimore's yeah. playing 500 ball. I mean, now we're falling. You know, we've got Baltimore in the rearview mirror. Hey, I, you know, one of the, Alex, one of the, things, one of the things I really wonder about right now, 
And obviously he says all the right things. But at some point, man, Core is just going to be like, what the hell is going on? How come we doing this again this year? The one reliever you give me is freaking Deekman. I mean, think about this. And Alex, (laughs) you go back to last year, Darwinson Hernandez. He walked 17% of batters. His whip was 150. Deekman walks 17.5% of batters, and his whip is 148. So you paid two years at $8 million for a guy that didn't have a good year last year because you thought you could get him right here. You put him in the bullpen, and basically what you've given Alex Cora is another Darwinson Hernandez. How is that good enough for the Boston Red Sox? That's what I don't understand when there was all these relievers available. It's just an absolute joke, and I legitimately feel bad for Cora. Because I look at Aaron Boone last week, and look, the Red Sox, give them credit. They got to their guys. They got to King. They got to Holmes. They got to Cortez. They got to Garrett Cole. But look at everything Aaron Boone has to work with right now, and look at what the hell Alex Cora is working with when he has glaring holes at first exactly. base in the bullpen. And and that's why I, I, you're 100% correct, and that's exactly what I mean. What Cora said tonight, what Cora said tonight, he goes, we deal with what we have. Yeah. We're working with what we have, the, the game and the personnel. That is where I read it in between the lines. He is not happy with High Bloom because he doesn't have the personnel. Yeah, and Bloom has got to start. And, Alex, I appreciate the call as always, my friend. Bloom is going to start feeling the pressure. And he's going to start feeling the pressure where, hey, you know what? You know what may be the right move, Haim? Make the obvious move. Go get Josh Bell. Go get C.J. Crone. Go get a Daniel Bard. Go get David Bednar. Go get Scott Barlow. Go get a right-hand reliever. And go get a first baseman. Do what Dave Dombrowski would do. Let's get to Mike in Connecticut. Hey, Mike. Hey, hey, Brian. Yeah, you're you're right on the money. But I, I'll tell you one thing. This this Bloom. When you think about all you heard about, you know, he's the new wonder kid. He's a genius, Brian. It's a bullpen game now. People, it's all over these seven eight innings, and he did nothing to improve this bullpen. Every guy he got is terrible. I mean, and you're right tonight. This was a huge game, especially with who's pitching tomorrow. Yeah. The matchup is terrible for the Red Sox tomorrow. Get Schreiber in there. You're right. That's a triple-A offense. They're never supposed to lose that game. Bring Schreiber and let him pitch the seventh and let Hawk finish the game off. This was a huge win. It's a terrible, terrible loss, and, and you're 100% right. I am so sick that the Boston Red Sox, a billion-dollar organization, cannot have somebody – that can't even play defense at first base, never mind hit. It's amazing to me. <laughs> I'm with you. And, Mike, the other thing, too, is, like, it'd be great if Hyam Bloom could do both things, right? Like, we know and we are seeing it that he can build a farm system. That's an outstanding trait to have. But you can also do both things. Like, when Theo was here, he built the farm system up to be an absolute right. juggernaut. But he also made big moves. He brought in Kurt no Schilling. He brought in yes, the greatest from, postseason pitcher of his generation. You can do both right. things. And everybody pounds Dombrowski. Brian, what did he really give up? I don't see any nothing, superstar. Nothing. And then, he, you know what, Mike? Gave up? Yeah, nothing. You know, and that really aggravates me because people talk about Dave Dombrowski, and it's very irritating to me. Like, this is the cliche we get about Dave Dombrowski. Oh, he gutted the farm system. How? He gave up Manuel Margot. He was the best player that moved in the Kimbrel trade. Michael Kopech and Johan Mankata for Chris Sale. Mankata's not that good of a player. uh, Kopech is just getting his major league career started, and he hasn't been unbelievable either, and you would make that trade nine out of nine times for Chris Sale. And, Brian, you got to give up something to get somebody. I mean, it's common sense. I mean, and it don't take a rocket science when you got top picks. 
to build up the farm system. I mean, he was sitting there in a four hole and he had some good picks to pitch. And not only that, Brian, they need an outfielder. This Durant is regressing again. Like you said, he can't play defense. He's not hitting. Well, atrocious. I mean, it's atrocious. I mean, they need an outfielder, a first baseman, and obviously Whitlock coming back. So, but they need another. Yeah, Whitlock pitched tonight, so he should be back over the weekend, yeah. which no, is a good thing. Good. Yeah, you'll have him for yeah, the Yankee with... series unless something yeah. goes wrong tomorrow. Knock on wood. But to your point about the outfield, Kike Hernandez is one of the best defensive center fielders in the sport. Now he's got a he's setback. He's going to see a specialist. Yep. Yep, he's through. That hip, it, it, it's it's a shame because there's no reason for it. Like you said, the farm system has enough player, and let, and they got more money than God. Please let let's start spending it. I yep. mean, th- this is terrible. Now, one more question. I'm going to go, Brian. If and it could very well happen, if they don't make the playoffs, do you think Bloom is finished? No, I don't. I think he's got a long leash for whatever reason, Mike. I really don't. Oh God. Well, I don't, I don't, like, the whole thing that, I mean, a lot of things aggravate me about it, but, Mike, the whole idea that you didn't talk to Rafael Devers about a contract extension until this spring, yep. how is that possible? Why did he do it? I, I don't understand how these were, really, with, in the last, I would say, 10, 15, really, the only player that they reached out to is, is Pedroia and, and Ortiz, and everybody else, they, they didn't even care what they walked, even with Manny Ramirez. Yeah, but That's look at Dave, look at Dombrowski. Dombrowski got a deal done with yes. Bogarts early. Yes. I mean, I, I don't understand what this love affair with Bloom is. I really don't, Brian. Yeah. Hey, Mike, I appreciate the call, my friend. His line's open at 617-779-7937 if you want to grab it. I do want to get into Chris Sale's outing because this was one of, and I know we've been negative about a lot of crap that happens tonight, and rightfully so, based on... Bloom continually to ignore first base. I don't know. Does he not believe it's an actual position? It is a position. There is a first baseman out there. There is a position. Ignoring the bullpen issues and just the sloppiness from the team tonight. That's not Bloom's fault in terms of what happened with Strom. I don't know what the hell the guy's doing in that particular situation. It's not Bloom's fault that Verdugo got picked off. I mean, that's just bad baseball. No way around it. That's bad baseball. But I do want to get to the positive from tonight, and that's Chris Sale. The one thing that really impressed me tonight, I'll tell you what that is next here on EEI. All right, welcome back in. We're taking you up until midnight, 617-779-7937, the number. So before I get to Chris Hill real quickly here, these are the two guys that you can look at if you're the Red Sox. Josh Bell and CJ Crone. So if you look at the Red Sox, the reason they need a first baseman, well, here are the numbers. Minus eight defensive run save, that's 30th. On offense, 29.8% strikeout rate, that's 30th. 636 OPS, 27th, 10 bombs, 25th. So they don't hit, they don't hit for power, and they're atrocious in the field. So Josh Bell in Washington, 304, 386, 491, 877, 12 bombs, two defensive runs saved. CJ Crone, 313, 365, 578, 943, 20 bombs, four defensive runs saved. Now, CJ Crone, the one thing about him, he does, of course, play in Colorado, so the splits are crazy. His OPS away from Colorado is under 700 at home. It's over a thousand. But like I said, when they signed story, if you look at it, most of these guys that leave, once they're not playing in Colorado all the time, their numbers even out like Nolan Arenado had crazy spritz and uh, splits rather in Colorado. Once he got out of there, it normalized. Same thing with a guy like DJ LeMahieu. So I don't get super caught up in that. 
Now, here's the good news about Chris Sale. <laughs> he was ridiculous tonight. He had 25 called strikes in this game. And if you look at that in terms of called strike rate, that's 32.1%. Adam Wainwright leads Major League Baseball in called strike rate. He's under 22%. Sale was at 32.1% tonight. Now, he did get a little help from the umpire. Pretty good zone there tonight. But nonetheless, that's still impressive. If you look at his called strike plus whiff rate, so how often are your pitches either a called strike or a swinging strike? He was at 37%. Shane McClanahan leads all qualified starters this year at 35.4. Sale was at 37% tonight. He was at 30.4% in 21. Opponents tonight, 3 for 18 against Sale. That's 167. He had a 269 opponent's batting average in 21. And if you look at just some of the numbers with Sale and some of the pitches in particular, his stuff was working, man, especially the slider tonight. It averaged 48 inches of vertical break, only two pitchers in Major League Baseball in terms of qualified starters are north of 48 in terms of the vertical break on the slider. He threw some absolutely nasty ones tonight. He threw a backdoor slider to Phillips that he had no chance at pulling the bat on that whatsoever. I still look at it in terms of, at times it looked like he lost his command, but he did a really good job fighting back. He was in a couple of 3-1 counts, a couple of 3-0 counts, that he actually got back in, and he was able to get some of those guys where it felt like, okay, this could get away from him. And one of the most disappointing things about tonight is Story makes that incredible play to make sure, essentially, that the Rays do not score in that inning. And then, unfortunately, you come back, the dude takes one off his hand which is obviously massive for this team because right now you don't have a guy that can play second base. You look at it, Christian Arroyo is on the injured list. He's dealing with something. Kike Hernandez, who obviously his best position is center field, he's not able to go right now, and we don't even know when the hell he's going to be back. So you really don't have a second baseman right now, which I would imagine, look, Jeter Downs has looked pretty good over the past couple of games. Now you're going to see Jeter Downs get more of an opportunity. And look, he was absolutely atrocious at the AAA level for the majority of the season. He makes the debut for the Red Sox, and then ever since he went down there, he started hitting like crazy going back to AAA, so maybe he gives you something. But I do look at it from this perspective with Chris Sale. He threw 50, 15 change-ups tonight. It was an effective pitch, unlike last year, where that pitch was just absolutely clobbered. And that's a, an important thing going forward. Can Sale continue to rely on that change-up because he's going to need it against right-handed hitters? We gave you the numbers last night where essentially against his changeup last year righties hit 444 and he had a real issue in totality putting away righties righties last year against chris sale had an ops over 800 so that was a real issue for sale and now that he's got that third pitch back it's massive cora has emphasized this time after time after time that the changeup last year was playing like a batting practice fastball and now it appears he has the good change at back, which is obviously massive going forward that he has that weapon. But I just did not. I expected Sale to be good this season. But to get this out of his debut game, I mean, this is absolutely remarkable. Because now you start to think about it. And as bad as some of the issues have been in the bullpen, you start to think about the fact that you get Sale back now. And we'll see what he looks like. He's going to pitch in all likelihood, Cora said, unless something crazy happens. He's going to pitch Sunday against the Yankees as well, which obviously be massive. Last game before the All-Star break, Sunday Night Baseball, Chris Sale on the mound in New York against the New York Yankees. That'll be absolutely awesome on Sunday night. I'm already getting excited thinking about that, but nonetheless. And now you get Nate Evaldi back on Friday. So your rotation now, you got by with 
pitching some of these rookies. Now, Crawford's the one guy that I'm really optimistic about going Thursday because he's really shown you something his past two outings. He's been outstanding for this team. And Winkowski had a bad one against the Yankees. I hate what he said after the game where he said it was just another major league lineup to me. Well, really? You walked five guys and you had three swinging strikes. So the lineup looks so regular to you that you had more walks than swinging strikes. I mean, that's embarrassing in and of itself, but you shouldn't say crap like that after the game. But I do like Winkowski because he gets a ton of ground balls. You can see he's kind of pitched to the profile. He had four really good outings and one bad one. So I do like Winkowski, but to get Sale and Evaldi back in this rotation, to go along with Pavetta, who, of course, Pavetta needs to bounce back after two bad ones, it does sort of feel like this rotation is starting to come together after, for a while, you're wondering what was going on from a health perspective. So I'm encouraged, and I cannot wait to see Evaldi pitch on Friday either because he was not great in his AAA outing, but I never put too much into that because you never know what a guy's doing. He could just be working on a certain pitch. He may throw a pitch in a certain count that he ordinarily wouldn't do, but he says, hey, I got to work on my slider. I got to get a better feel for my curveball. So it's more about just feeling right than it is about the actual results. Unless you're Chris Silly, you throw TVs like crazy, whatever. <laughs> All right, thanks to Ethan for producing. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Actually, I'll be with you tomorrow on pregame, and then I'll be with you after the game as well. Try to sleep after this one. It was rough. Have a great night, everybody. Be safe and be well. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.